Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 93, Small Art, But Big Details. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Courtney as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you for coming on on such short notice. I just found you on Instagram, I'm like, wow, I love her energy, I love what she does, and I'm like, hey, would you like to be a guest? And you're like, yeah, she didn't hesitate, yeah. she just like went on. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Have you been on a podcast before? Uh, yes, I've been on a couple other podcasts. Uh... Uh, paint, uh, brush and uh, dice. And uh, another one that's going to come out that came out just on Saturday uh, called Roland Dice. Okay, so you already have experience. Okay, so I have to be on my best behavior. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, just in the middle as I'm talking, Alex, no, stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but enough about me just rambling on. Today, it's all about Courtney. And before we jump into the topic, who is this magnificent person named Courtney? Uh, well, I am from um, Alberta, Canada. I am 31 years old. I am a work from home mom uh, that discovered miniature painting and it kind of snowballed into this pa new passion, new thing that I love. And now I'm starting a business with it. I've got I'm doing commission painting. I've, I'm on a whole bunch of so social media platforms. So it's it's been a ride <laughs> to say the least. Okay, I know I'm gonna have to ask where we, people can find you, but first of all, shout out to uh, my fellow Canadian. So I just got to do that. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm from a colder area. It's Ottawa, where the politicians are colder than the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from Alberta, where the oil is frozen in the ground currently. So. <laughs> so just everywhere is just frozen and cold. That's Canada for people yeah. who don't know Canada. But yes. In a nutshell. <laughs> And so, yes, Courtney, uh, what, where can people find you, whether it's your social media links, your websites, your projects, anything? It doesn't necessarily need to be just related to your painting miniatures. It can be absolutely anything at all you want to share. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and that's like my main hub. That's where I post the most. That's where I keep the most up to date content. Then I have my website uh, with the same name, figuratively speaking, minis. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, which I don't update as often as I probably should, but that's where I am too. And I I don't do Twitter. I don't, I have to say. That's not one of the ones that I do. You know what? I'm still trying to get the hang of it. Uh, but you know what? We can't do it all. You pick whichever one works best for you. And that's perfect. I'll put that in the description so people can come follow, support, show oh, some love. You. And uh, yeah, and continuously show some love even long after this episode is out. Well, this episode's coming out in a few months, so... Uh, I'll show some love once that comes out and then you have my support for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much. Now for the topic of today, I'm sure we put people on hold long enough. Painting miniatures yep. or miniature painting. Yes. So what is that exactly for people who might not know what it is? Well, okay. So this is like one of the greatest hobbies uh, because it allows you to be creative uh, in any way that you see fit. So painting miniatures is a variety of board games, tabletop RPGs, uh, wargaming, sculptures, busts, all of the above um, that are like a small scale being, you know, like microscopic to, to large scale, which is um, something that could fit on your table in, in both of your hands. It just depends on what scale you're into. Um, a lot of people paint miniatures for Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of people um, customize uh, how they uh, want their character to look on the table and physically move it across the table. So there's that part of the hobby. Um, then there's like board games like Zombicide or um, any uh, kind of Star Wars game. Um, what else? There's lots of board games that I'm like blanking out on. Uh, but then you have, you know, Warhammer and Wargaming and different things like that. And that is quite popular. That's where you do see a lot of miniature painting because armies are quite large. So a lot of people paint Wargaming figures as well. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the scope of the hobby. And, and, you know, people have, have developed such amazing skill and techniques um, in this hobby to, to non-metallic metal is, is, is one of them to display uh, their skills like that. Like it's just, that, that's kind of it in a nutshell, but it, it is so much more diverse than that. Like I'm just trying to touch upon every kind of aspect of it. There's competitions, uh, especially these competitions are quite large in Europe. Um, and I know there's uh, a few big ones here, um, well, in the United States, Not, nothing that I've found in Canada yet. I'm working on it though but uh yeah that's that's kind of it in a nutshell that's so awesome like i i grew up doing miniatures as well uh, 
I wish I stuck with it. The glue must have just like uh, got me knocked out a few times. <laughs> For <especially laughs> That's fair. As a kid, Warhammer, I didn't understand. Like, I, I need a lot of glue to just put that on. And anyways, I can go into details about that later. But yes, how did you actually get introduced to painting miniatures? Well, a friend of mine uh, introduced me to them. So we were playing board games and this friend of mine wanted to start playing Gloomhaven. And in Gloomhaven, they have really beautiful character miniatures. And he offered to let me paint my miniature the, of the character that I was playing. And so my husband and I sat down when we started painting our characters. And I was kind of like, hey, this is really fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. He's like, well, if you like that, here's another board game that you can paint <laughs> if you want to practice. I was like, yeah, sure. And it was great. So he let me paint his Descent Journey into the Dark. And that was, a, yeah, another game that kind of snowballed this um this new passion of mine to keep going and then another friend was like well i have a board game that you can paint so i painted <laughs> um massive darkness after i did descent journey into the dark and then it kind of snowballed from there where i'm like hey you know i'm really enjoying this but uh, i don't really want to keep the figures so if you guys could just let me paint your stuff i'd be more than happy to I would imagine for you, it's more about the journey rather than the destination. It's like you paint it. All right, it's done. Now give it away to somebody. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> and uh, so I have to ask, you love board games. I love board games as well. I have like 41 board games. So my question to wow, you is, yeah. <laughs> so my question to you is, how many board games have you actually painted the miniatures for? And which ones were like, let's say the most interesting and you really enjoyed because they're like, I don't know, very detailed or it was just perfect for painting. Okay, let me think. Off the top of my head, the I I for the games that I've painted personally for myself, I think I've only painted one, one set of stuffed fables. But in my career thus far, um I've painted one, two, three, four, five, uh seven board games sets. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, and in one of those sets I was commissioned to paint, it's called The Other's Seven Deadly Sins. And that was 58 figures that I painted for that board game and its expansions. Wow. And that is, oh yeah. And it is one of the coolest design of miniature figures I've painted thus far. It was just monsters that are so weird and creepy and like it's kind of horror-ish. And it was just, it, it thrilled me. I loved painting that set. So you, you got to walk me through how, how do you like see it? Like you see a miniature right there that's like unpainted or just has a little bit of paint and you see it. How do you like go through the process of picking the colors? You're like, boom, you already visualize everything or is it like as you go, you figure it out? That's a great question. Um, I tend uh, to paint according to what the client wants usually. Uh, so if a client wants as close to the art I try and get it as close to the art as possible. Um, so usually I do look at the artwork. I do look at what people have done before. And if it's like a, hey, Courtney, paint this however you want. <laughs> I get really excited because I'm like, oh, heck yes. So I usually pick color schemes that match uh, the color wheel. So complementary colors. Um, and for different like organic monsters, um, I try and stick to more fleshy tones, more natural greens rather than bright greens, more colors that you would see in nature. Those are the colors I usually stick to, especially for organic monsters. And is there a color for you that speaks to you? Like you, you use it, I don't know if you'd say it's subconscious, like you continuously use it or it's just like your favorite color that you like to try to integrate here and there like a lot. That's a that's a good question because I I personally love green and brown and purple like those are my favorite colors but painting miniatures I love painting red and orange and like a like a like purples and deep colors like that I feel like um, you can layer them better you can get much more depth out of those colors and and they're just really rich colors to look at and they really make a miniature pop. So I love painting that, even though my favorite colors are completely different. That's kind of cool. Like, like it's out of your comfort zone. Like, all right, I do like these colors, but I know these colors look pretty cool as well. And yeah. I, I know I should have asked this at the beginning, but do you still own your first miniature that you painted? Technically, it's not mine, but I do have <laughs> it in my basement. <laughs> Finders keepers. So yes, I know. I was like, well, 
maybe I should just keep that one and go buy him a different one. Yeah. <laughs> I lost it. Oh no. I don't know where it I went. I know, right? <laughs> Whoopsies. So I'm sure you paint more than just tabletop, like not just tabletop, I mean like board game miniatures. What type of miniatures do you do like painting? Because I've seen your Instagram, you like Warhammer, some D&D, even bought a dinosaur from like the dollar store. So what's your yeah, preferred yeah. thing to paint? My favorite thing to paint are monsters. Um, I love bulbous, squiggly, slimy monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the most fun to paint. Like recently, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be entering a competition uh, locally and I picked a monster that's got all of these tentacles coming out of his head. And he's kind of like a slug guy. And he's got like a long tongue and drool and little pustules. And I just, nothing makes me more happy than that. <laughs> I love that. And actually spe speaking about the competition, are you more the type that you do it really fast or you take your time to paint it? Cause I would imagine a competition, maybe it's timed. Yeah. Well, this one we had a month to do oh, and wow. I, I actually finished the miniature within the first three days of purchasing it. So I'm already done. I'm just waiting to enter it into the competition. I'm notoriously fast at painting, even though I do try to go slow. So I guess that's a good thing and a bad thing. So if a person's like, hey, I need this painted in two weeks, and I'm like, heck yes, I can do it in three days. Uh, so that's why, <laughs> that's why I don't charge by the hour or anything like that. I charge by figure because I'm like, uh, if I charge by the hour, I would be done within a few hours. But yeah, no, I, I am notoriously fast and I do try to go slow and really take my time. But I feel like I can achieve some really great results um, with whatever technique I'm using. And it just turns out to be faster than uh, some other people. So and you're also notoriously passionate. That's that's oh, the, yes. that's the passion that comes into <laughs> the miniature. Man, I would just I would just like to just be there, just sit and watch you paint. It sounds creepy saying that, but I just love the no. process. <laughs> So much fun. I love like doing paint, like going to painting socials uh, locally at, at local game stores. It's so cool getting together with people and then you're just like, look at what I just did. And they're like, yeah, that looks awesome. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I bug my husband with that. I'm like, look at the eyes. He's like, yeah, no, that looks great, honey. I'm like, yes, but look at them. There's a pupil. <laughs> Stare deep into the soul of the miniature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, so how long does it usually take you to complete? You said like uh, three hours on average, or is there more? Um, so it depends on the size. Uh, like last last night, I started and or last yesterday, I started and finished a troll that I wanted to do. Um, so that troll took me approximately four to five hours. Wow, no breaks in between. Mm, yes, breaks <laughs> in between. Yeah, just sleeping while painting at the same time. That that's a skill. <laughs> That's a skill. Uh, speaking about painting itself, well, that's the topic of this episode. Have you ever messed up? And if you have, what do you do to correct it? Yes, I have messed up early, early on in my painting journey. I, I did a, like a flesh golem and this flesh golem, the color didn't take the way I wanted it to take. And it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but I, I was too new and I didn't know how to strip the mini with, uh, paint strippers essentially and i ended up just globbing on more paint <laughs> <laughs> and just trying to fix it and it just it looked like absolute garbage like it was just the worst but that was one of the only times that i ever wanted to like throw a mini across a room i have not stripped any miniatures that i have painted ever um, I've stripped clients miniatures and repainted them for them that they had painted. And they're like, this is a terrible job. I want to, I want someone to fix this. I'm like, yeah, I can fix that. So I have done that, but I have not personally stripped any miniatures of my own. I feel like, um, even if it's not a hundred percent, my best, we'll just keep it. But if it is for a client, I do try to fix it without stripping it. Like, I feel like you work away, like work around it and make it work. Yeah, and for some reason, yeah. when you said you paint it over, like when the first time you're just like, oh, I'm just going to paint it over. It just reminded me of a story my dad told me. I know it's a little off topic, but back in college, he was part of a fraternity. And one day they did an experiment where they put a can of beans on a hot stove and they hid it behind a cardboard like box with slits to see. And it just blew up and went all over the wall and ceiling. And then they just <laughs> left it and then it just dried up. And instead of cleaning it off, they just painted over the beans. <laughs> oh no, oh, that's the worst. 
So that just reminded me of like, I'm just gonna paint over it. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it does. It turns into like a weird globby like crusty mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure yours looked a lot better than the bean painted ceiling. <laughs> well, I'm sure we could compare notes on that one in particular. <laughs> Uh, now, speaking about the actual like process, what kind of tools do you usually use? Yeah, this is this is my whole shtick when it comes to painting is that anybody at any budget can paint miniatures. Um, I think this hobby is accessible to everybody. So the way I, you know, kind of promote that is I, I use cheap brushes. I use whatever I can find at Walmart. I use uh, a set of Dungeons and Dragons set. Uh, at my local hobby store at Michael's, I bought a couple of cheap brushes from them. And uh, you know what? Amazon is your friend. And mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> you just get some cheap brushes off of Amazon or the dollar store. And I feel like as long as the point stays pointy, you're good to go. I did treat myself to several expensive natural hair brushes. And I have found they're 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 good, but you know, you can still accomplish what you want to accomplish with a cheaper set of brushes. So I use these uh, cheap tools. Money can't buy everything. Like you don't have to buy the most expensive thing yeah. to make it practical. Right. I did a little rent on Instagram a few weeks ago. I'm like, does expensive brushes make you a great painter? No, it's a tool. Unless you know how to use that tool, it's not going to do much for you. So mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of pros, they, they use cheap brushes too. So it's, 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 it's fun to have the nice brushes and kind of be like, Ooh, I got a Windsor and Newton series seven sable hair brush, but like, Ooh, big deal. <laughs> what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? That matters. I'm right? Put it on my shelf. Just display it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I actually, I did buy myself a, one of those brushes and it's still in its packaging. <laughs> So that came in the mail a few weeks ago and I have not opened it yet. You're waiting for the right time to use it. It, it hasn't been a project right that now. spoke to you like, you know what? This is the brush. It's like the Excalibur. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's right. Tools for the job. Yes. And for you, what, what is your preferred time of day to work on a new project? Are you more like a morning person that you feel inspired to do it in the morning or more like a late bird? Is that an expression? I don't know. Late worm or any type of late, <laughs> yeah, late yeah, owl. Yeah. Oh, yes, a late owl doing it at night. Night owl. Night owl. That's yeah. the word. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of paint whenever I can. So sometimes I can paint in the morning. Um, so I do that for a couple hours. I'm like a, I'm like a noonish to evening painter for primary, primarily painting. Um, but if I can get away with doing some in the morning, I'll, I'll give it a go. And, uh, are you the type of person that's very adventurous when it comes to trying something new? Let's say, have you tried a new technique or have you ever tried using glow in the dark paint or anything like that? Oh, yes. I I see a lot of uh, uh, painters on Instagram that inspire me. And one of the techniques is non-metallic metal. And it is it, it is an extremely tough technique to nail. And I recently started to be like, hey, if I want to be a better painter, if I want to um, keep improving myself, I need to start practicing this technique. So I begun last end of last year in December, I started to practice non-metallic metal. And let me tell you, it is not easy. And it, it's, it's just, it's so extremely frustrating. And I am not a patient person, if you can believe it. When I <laughs> <laughs> paint a miniature in like three hours, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm just about done. It's great. Um, so this technique takes a lot of time. But as a painter and as a, a as a just a person that wants to better themselves, slowing down and taking that time wasn't uh, was a big challenge for me and that's how I know I'm going to grow as a painter if I sit down and, and continue to do those things and that includes terrain pieces so I, I love terrain and there's so much I want to learn about it um, so I've been watching tutorial after tutorial after tutorial on how to build something how to make it waterproof how to work with resin etc cetera, etc cetera. and just yeah, I just think overall, as as people, we want to, we should keep improve, keep improving what we love and what we love about the hobby, and I think that's really important to grow, um, and just see what you can do. Just just keep pushing the the envelope a little bit, just to see what'll happen. Because it, when it comes down to it, it's just paint, and it's just a miniature. And the worst thing that can happen is you screw up, and then hey, buy some paint stripper and start again, or 
buy another cheap mini and practice on that with, with what you had just learned in mind. Uh, it's going to help you grow so, so, so much. And yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that are like, okay, let's grow in this area. Let's see what I can do. That's awesome. I love that passion of just, you know what? I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And it's, it's not like a, it's a danger to your life. Well, maybe you might glue your fingers together, but you know, little, uh, I've done that. (laughs) I feel like anybody who's done like painting miniatures, it's like a, an initiation. You have to do it at least one to be considered. All right. It's official. You painted a miniature, yeah. you've got your fingers stuck together. Um, and then you just rip them apart and you're like, ow, but it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, we have to talk, we definitely have to talk about terrain building because that's part of it as yeah. well. What is your preferred type of terrain to create? Uh, I don't have a preference because I do love it all. I really, really do. Um, I I just, uh, on that competition piece I had mentioned, I, I made a swampy, sticky, gooey, like undead, base and I love it. And I think it looks so, so good. Um, but like on my, uh, figure that I had 3d printed my house moving castle, I did a beautiful rolling hill with flowers and fresh grass and, and beautiful stones everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've also done lava bases where the lava's bubbling and, you know, you do your object source lighting for your miniature that's on top of it. And it just looks so good and so vibrant. And um, what else? Jeez, what else have I done? Oh, and I've done snow bases um, for a griffin. Oh, it's just so cool. Like to watch the, well, I personally really enjoy the chemical reaction between baking powder (laughs) and glue. (laughs) So I thought that was really fun. And, and then just putting it on, on that base. I, I've, I've been experimenting a lot with different bases because I just, I love them all. And I think they're all so eye catching in their own ways and um there's a few bases i want to try in the future like more like uh, a post apocalyptic bases i want to try one of those i want to try like a dry desert no actually i've done that i did that <laughs> but yeah no like there's so many different things and i absolutely love it i love it no i saw one of your videos where you're putting together two foam pieces with uh, toothpicks and i love like the creativity of that and it got me thinking as well, do you prefer using, let's say, artificial things to simulate, let's say, rocks? Or do you actually use like real little rocks into your terrain? If I can use natural pieces uh, like pebbles and, and branches and different things like that, then I will use them. They have to match kind of uh, what what else is going on because it's kind of, it, it does um, distract your eye if the rock looks too natural, like a real rock rather than fitting it with the paint scheme. So it's like, you just gotta be careful to match it properly. But yeah, like I, I have stuck branches um, on bases. I've, I've stuck natural pebbles. Um, I've used dirt, I've used gravel. Yep, I've used all a bunch of natural materials. Man, I, I could just imagine you like walking out in public and you see something on the ground, you're like, I could use that. I could definitely use that. Well, I know it's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, hey, because I, I have I have a couple of kids. So I'm like, hey kids, go pick up those sticks. They look great. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, mom. I'm like, yeah, okay, just put them in this little bag. We'll take them home with us. <laughs> they love it. Do they actually, speaking of which, do your kids, if you don't mind me asking, do they help or have you taught them how to paint miniatures or build terrains? They've dabbled. Um, when they're bored, they're like, can we make a diorama? I'm like, yes, you can, but let mommy help you. <laughs> so like <laughs> Yeah, so they have done a little bit of painting, a little bit of terrain building. Um, my daughter, she's painted a Hellcat. My son, he's helped me paint some duo drones and some mono drones from Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, they, they've dabbled a bit and they really enjoy watching me. So they'll come into my office and, and see what I'm up to a bunch of times. And come, mm-hmm. so you have an office where you do all these creations. How do you store the ones that you do keep? Well, because my collection is still quite small, it fits on a very small shelf. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> so just a shelf. And then um, I keep some extra odds and ends in a bunch of dollar store storage containers to take to classes with me so that I can show people and um, they can touch them and things like that. But um, the ones that I do keep for myself, I do keep on a shelf. And that includes like one of the busts that I've done. Um, when uh, a bunch of really nice figures from Titan Forge that uh, was sent to me, um, I, those ones stay on a shelf. Now for a really tough question, if you had to pick, which one is your favorite miniature that you've created? <laughs> the one that just Ooh. stood against them all. 
Okay, d- does it have to be mine or is it like one that I had to give away? Oh, you know what? Let's say it with both. So one that you had to give away and one that is yours. Okay, so the one that I love um, that I kept was the uh, a bust that I painted and I called it, it came from the deep. And it's a, it's a bust of like a sea creature with glowing yellow eyes and it's got really neat texture on his skin and he's got a bunch of different colors greens purples and blues and I I feel like I did a really really good job on him so he is one that I will not give away (laughs) if somebody was like I'll pay you 50 bucks for that I'd be like no one and then the the, like a miniature that I love that I that I gave uh, back to a client geez that one would be tough there were so 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 many good ones actually I have I know which one (laughs) so I my brother He's very into Lord of the Rings and Games Workshop has a line of Lord of the Rings miniatures. So I made him a diorama of Bilbo Baggins discovering the ring with Smeagol in the back and uh, Bilbo's sword Sting uh, out. And I did like object source lighting. I did a water feature and everything like that. And so I, I made him a diorama and I gave it to him. And I'm really happy I gave it to him because I don't want it. But like, I love, 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 love that one. I was in debate about making a second one because I loved it so much. That's so cool. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, is water like one of the hardest things to try to simulate and create? Or is there something that you found that was a lot harder? Um, you know what? Water isn't too bad. It is fairly straightforward, especially with epoxy. You can't really screw it up unless uh, you don't tape off the edges properly and it kind of just splooges all over your counter. Uh, I actually just po- posted a YouTube video on... Mod Podge Dimensional Magic is a a product that I found that creates that water effect without being so deep and it gives you a longer working time than an epoxy. Um, So you can kind of like move it around. Um, It doesn't, it takes like three hours to dry rather than five minutes. So I personally really like water. It is something I want to explore a little bit more because I've only done very small bases with water. Um, I, I am going to be uh, doing a large, large terrain piece with a big pool of water. So I'm gonna, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. It's uh, it's been, it's a journey, and and I'm experimenting. I'm very excited about it. Well, you're presenting it so well, and you're very inviting. <laughs> so I just, I'm actually excited to see this when it comes out. And oh man, I it makes me wish I didn't uh, stop doing it when I was younger. Well, you should get back into it. You gotta get back. I think the reason why I stopped is because the Warhammer store at the mall that I was getting all the stuff closed down and I didn't know where to go get it. And I was young, so I didn't, uh, internet wasn't that, I don't think, no, no internet didn't didn't really use that back then. (laughs) So that's fair. Yeah. But now they're all over the place. But anyways, this is not about me being nostalgic about this. It's about (laughs) you being passionate about it right now. What would you say is the best part about painting miniatures on a personal and emotional level? Uh, the best part about painting miniatures for me is it's it's been truly um, an escape from daily stress for me. It is one thing that, you know, like I've got a million things going on outside in my world, um, literally, like it's, it's actually kind of crazy. Um, but when you can sit down and only focus on one thing for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a couple hours, it's so soothing to my body to be able to do that and in a world where I literally have my phone in my hand you know you're doing I'm doing I'm doing everything um it's it's nice to not have the phone in my hand it's nice to pick up a paintbrush and and focus on one thing and it's it's brought me so much peace it's brought me so much self discovery I guess I I found out things about myself that I had forgotten. I I used to paint like pictures when I was a child. I used to paint ceramics when I was a child in art class. And then I loved that. And I had lost that part of me for a really long time. And I I discovered it again, that that childlike wonder of, wow, if I swirl this paint color together, I get this paint color and that looks really cool. Or, or when I run up to my husband and I'm like, yeah, look at these eyes. Like I had said, (laughs) the, the sense of accomplishment, like I forgot about that. And it's, it's so important to have something that really makes you truly happy and makes you feel like you've accomplished something great. And even though I know I'm not the best, and even though I know I've got so much room for improvement it's, it's been nothing but something that has brought me joy. 
And I, I truly appreciate the art for what it is. I appreciate um, the people that put hours and years into practicing their their craft. And and I, I just, I love connecting to those people. I love reaching out to them and contacting them. And they ha- are contacting me now. And sharing the hobby with everybody who feels so similarly about the hobby is something quite extraordinary. And <clears throat> I really love, love, love this hobby. You know what? If people are listening to this and are interested in picking up uh, painting miniatures, I'm sure Courtney would be more than happy to talk to you. She's very, oh, very absolutely. friendly. She'll become your friend instantly, right? Yeah, you're like, we're friends Probably, now too. Yes. So I say it on every episode. I'm friends with every guest and they, yeah. can, they can't take it back. It's it's official. It's ingrained in the recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be put on a vinyl yeah, somewhere. <laughs> and I've said that on Instagram before. I'm like, you know what? Everybody is welcome in this hobby. Everybody is welcome to try it. Everyone's welcome to to not, you know, like as well, if you just appreciate looking at it, that's, that's another part of it too. If you just enjoy that part of it. But, you know, I've had people reach out to me on Instagram and be like, you know, I've never really started before. How can I start? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. (laughs) And then I send these long winded messages, but yes, no, I, I'm more than happy to, to chat with anybody on any budget on how to start this hobby. And, and I am more than happy to answer emails or messages this is what I love. This is how I share what I love. And I think everybody should at least try it once. So for you, not you, but the people listening, yeah, you guys listening to this podcast, pause the podcast, contact Courtney, start paying miniatures, and then finish listening to this podcast. Or you know what? Do it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking about listening and stuff, do you listen to music while you create? I, I, no, not really. And people have like been like, oh, do you listen to audiobooks? And to be quite honest, like I said, it is kind of a brain break for me. It's a it's a time that I can stop focusing. So what I usually have in the background while I paint is like Zelda and chill, like video game music. So I put on, <laughs> yeah, like soundtracks. That. Yeah, like Ori and the the uh what is that game called? It has a beautiful soundtrack, Ori and the Magical Forest or something like that. Zelda. What else do I listen to? Just like piano music or like cafe music, anything that's not really distracting. So I can focus on painting. That's that's when I can really like power through some hours of painting. I know exactly what you mean. Like when I studied, uh, I did the same thing. I listened to music that doesn't necessarily have any voices, but it's just a melody and it's just soothing to listen to. I have a bunch of vinyls in front of me. We're like right beside me right now. I'm looking at him like, yeah, I know I listen to some of those. Uh, it's kind of hard to uh, listen to music while editing a podcast, but uh, I wish I could. <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. And uh, another question I had was, do you name your creations? No, I don't. I thought I thought about it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm like, <laughs> but what I do instead is I, I give them a story. Oh, that's cool. To help to help me kind of pick color schemes and different things like that. Um, like, for example, I have another competition piece that I'm submitting in a couple weeks. And this is a, a character from Warhammer. And I don't I don't personally know a lot about Warhammer 40K. And this character is from Warhammer 40K. And they're like, oh, how are you going to paint this figure? And I'm like, well, I kind of gave this character a story. I made it a girl. And uh, the base that I did was very life and death. And that's the, the character is a Harlequin. And so you have a lot of um, dual colors and different things like that. So I really told a story rather than give the miniature a name um, about how this character has life and death. And I demonstrated that through my paint and through the base. And so, yeah, I, that's kind of how I personalize my figures. That's cool. I love how they, their bodies has a story. And another random question that popped in my head. I told you there's going to be a bunch of random questions. I love it. Uh, <laughs> have you ever considered like a custom made miniature, like a 3D printed miniature that you like, I want this, 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 and then you already have the idea how you want to paint it? Hmm, no, actually I have not. I, I haven't come up with a miniature for myself that I'm like, yeah, I really want to have that. I'm trying to think if I have anything on my shelf and no, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, but I know like I've been playing a few characters. Oh, I've been playing a few characters in D&D and I might be making my own character. I might be kit bashing a miniature because I can't find anything like it. So I might do that. That's so cool. I see our friendship just got stronger because you play D&D. I play in D&D. <laughs> do you play video games too? Heck yes. Well, 
let me clarify. I am a backseat gamer, girlfriend style. Like I, I'm like to my husband, Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, I would like you to play Devil May Cry 5, please. <laughs> and he's like, hey, sounds good. I will do that. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I, and I sit and I watch, but the video games that I play are like Mario, Smash Bros. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like those are my video games, but if I want to watch a cool video game, like I'm also like, Hey, is anything on state on sale on steam? Like red dead redemption. Cause I want you to play that one too. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll look. I'm like, okay, sweet. Okay. So, uh, if you have a switch, we'll have to connect. Cause I play a lot of smash bros, maybe around f- over 500 hours or so. I got it. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like video games. Oh. I got steam too, but anyway, so probably going to, <laughs> but this is how we're going to solidify our friendship. But anyways, back to miniatures. I feel like we can just talk about everything today. Um, <laughs> what was your biggest challenge when you first started collecting or painting miniatures? I think the biggest challenge was uh, I saw people that were better than me and I wanted to be there already. So I got upset because it the technique that I was practicing didn't look like the technique that I saw. And I was mad at myself for not being better. And that was a big challenge. Uh, and that's kind of a silly, it's kind of silly to think. It's like, well, yeah, Courtney, of course, you're not going to be as good as those, as those people who have been painting for 20 years. You've done it for a year. Like, get over yourself. But it, but it's true. Like, it's like, oh, man, I just, I wish it would look like that. And why doesn't it look like that? And why can't I paint eyes? And why does my fabric look like garbage? Like, oh, it's so frustrating. But it's just, it's just practice. It's just however many hours you, you put into it. And now things like painting fabric and layering fabric, it comes so easy that I don't even think about it anymore. And now I'm focused on more technical uh, techniques like um, non-metallic metal and, and different things like that, that, you know, those, those little, those little techniques or beginner techniques, I guess, kind of fall to the wayside. So, so it's like, well, if I would have told myself a year ago, like, yeah, like you'll get there, just relax, just keep practicing. So that's a, that, that was a bit of an initial challenge for me. It's about making mistakes that you learn from those mistakes. And I make a right. lot of mistakes on this podcast. My guests are always perfect. I'm the one who's always screwing up the questions. No, so no I'm way. still learning. <laughs> it's all good. And uh, so move on to the future, or I mean the present more. What are your current biggest challenges? I think my current biggest challenge is to... Well, let let me, I'll give you an example because I don't know how much of a challenge it is, but it's, it's a, it's a mind challenge where I take on a commission and it gets overwhelming because I'm literally either painting the same color scheme over and over and over and over again. Um, People on Instagram have heard me rant about this. I'm like, I freaking hate plate metal. I hate plate metal. Like I never (laughs) want to paint, but that's what, that's what you do. Like, you you know, if there's a, a set of miniatures and all of them have plate mail, you have to do that. Like you took on the commission, you paint it, you finish it, you finish what you started. And I think it's, that's probably the biggest challenge is, you know, overcoming those mind, mind issues, challenges. Yeah. Like just how to self talk and not get burnt out by what I've taken on by saying like, yes, I'll paint that for you. You know, it's, it's painter, painter burnout is a real thing. It, it definitely, definitely is. And uh, it's happened to me more than once. And recently on a, on my last commission where I was painting way too much armor and I got mad at it and it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge right now. And you, did you break the armor? You're, you're like just pure strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, just I was like, oh come on. So I had to I had to do a couple personal projects to kind of just give my mind a rest of it was it was a set of Dark Souls, uh, which is a tabletop RPG based on the video game. And it's all dark and dingy and brown and plate mail and this it's the same color over and over and over again. So I'm like, I need to paint a beast, a slug beast of some kind to like help my brain function. So that's why I made like the most colorful slug monster ever. So I was like, yeah, okay, that makes me happy. Actually, this is the perfect segue for this question. You kind of already answered it, but has painting miniatures ever stressed you out? But let's, I'm sure it has because you already said that. But into more details, what do you do to relax? So you say you switch projects, but you also, let's say, walk away, take a walk or, you know, do something else. What's your de-stressor? My de-stressor, my, my go-to de-stressor, especially when I was doing the Dark Souls, was I had to leave it for a day. I said, I'm not going to paint today, just for a day. Like, because I, like I, I, I do paint every single day. There's not really a day that goes by that I don't. And 
I really was like, I'm not going to paint today. And I was like, let's go play video games. <laughs> like, let's go. I was So I started Breath of the Wild again, because I'm like, this is the only thing that's going to help me de-stress right now. So that's what I did. I, I play video games. I read a book. Um, and I, and I specifically say, I'm not painting today and I just give it a day. And then the next day I'm like, okay, I'll sit down for an hour, start up again. And then that's how we kind of go through that as rut, that rut feeling, that frustration, that challenging time when you just don't feel like painting, give yourself a day. And it's important to do balance. So, you know, you can't continuously, like, I wish I could continuously do a podcast, but eventually you're going to get tired. So it's always good to take a break. Step back, play, yeah. play, play a little bit of Smash Bros, you know, just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Decompress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mash someone's face right into the ground. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, if you're ever stressed, you don't like fight a character named Alex and like, oh, Alex, I hate you. I'm going <laughs> to smash your face or even name one of your miniatures Alex and just squish him. Alex would armor. Never. Uh, so on a darker side, pun intended for dark souls, um, what are some misconceptions about people who paint miniatures? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I, I feel like um, a lot of people have the misconception that people who paint miniatures, especially in the wargaming community, are kind of like antisocial. Girls can't be a part of the hobby type dude. And that's not true. In my experience, every painter that I've ever met has been nothing but so respectful of me, encouraging of me, encouraging of women in the hobby. They're so inviting. Uh, they want you to be there. They want you to paint and they want you to learn and they want to talk about it with you. And I've had um, you know, I've gone to those game workshop stores and of course there's the joke of like, Oh, there's nothing but dudes in there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> they, yeah, it's true. There's not a lot of women in this hobby playing war games. There's, I think more women who paint, um, but don't play. And I think, you know what, that, that narrative is changing slowly, mm -hmm. but it is changing. And I think that is a misconception that, you know, there's lots of guys that don't want women in the hobby. And I, I don't think that's true. I think, you know, I think the wargaming community, the the miniature painting community, they want anybody and everybody who wants to be there to be there. So I think it's, you know, a lot more inclusive um, than I think people realize. That's awesome. And I bet you it's always the people who don't know much about it that make those comments like, I don't know much That's about right. miniature, but women shouldn't be in it. Why? I, I, I don't know. But yeah, grunt. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I've had people locally to me, they're like, well, do you want to come watch a game so you can learn how to play? I'm like, yeah, when I find the time, I will be there. Like, absolutely. And they're like, great, we'll come to this location. We're going to we're going to do a, uh, a game night that night. And, you know, like, it's just been wonderful. And I've met so many really nice people in this in this hobby and in this gaming uh, it's not not just wargaming, board games, uh, D&D, all of it. Uh, every avenue that I've painted something for someone um, has introduced me to a whole other world that's been nothing but accommodating and inclusive towards me. I love it. And I'm sure you... Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to Anime North in Toronto and I always love that convention. I've gone for... This is going to be my third year and you always meet so many passionate and interesting people. There's some miniature painting. There's giant scale like Pokemon that are like like seven feet tall that are painted. It's just a bunch of things. And I love the community and I love how the stigma and the stereotypes and the misconceptions are just changing nowadays. And it's just more accepted and more people can do it from doesn't matter sex, age, uh, religious view, political view. It's just open to anybody and everybody. If you're creative, you're passionate, you want to do it, go ahead and do it. I sound like a, like an announcement saying yes. Yeah, no, but it's true. <laughs> it's so true. And it's like, you know what? We've got kids, we've got old people like doing this like older people not old people but like <laughs> you know what there's such a variety and it's so inspiring because you know what a 12 year old kid could be way better than me i could even learn something from that kid so like why not why why wouldn't i want to be uh, a part of that or be like cordial to like a 12 year old or or you know like an, an older uh woman who, oh gosh there's this such a talented lady on instagram and i'm like you're amazing and i, I need to learn from you and I think it's just, you know what, if you want to be here, if you want to be a part of it, then you know what, there's a bunch of people that want you to be here too. What has painting miniatures taught you in life? Patience. 
<laughs> uh, no, seriously, like glue takes forever to dry. Um, but uh, no, like it's it's really taught me to you know slow down and really um, reflect on what I want to accomplish. Reflect on what techniques I want to learn, how to educate myself. Um, you know, like it, like and not just like educate myself, uh, be mindful of, you know, the, the amount of hours that a technique is going to have to be, you know, learned and like all the hours that you're going to have to put into it, be mindful of that. And, and if you, if you are, are okay with putting in the hours, then go for it. If you're not, then you're not going to get the result that you want. So it's, it's, it's taught me patience, lots and lots of patience and perseverance when it doesn't go right the first time, the second time, the third time, the 10th time, like, <laughs> like it's just keep, keep trying it or figure out a different way to do it. If that way is not working, if that person on YouTube did theirs a certain way and you're trying to do it the way that they did it and it's not working for you, then try somebody else. So, you know, yeah. So patience, perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. And yeah, you're absolutely right. There's an infinite, infinite amount of ways to create something. And if it doesn't work for you, just try a different way. You're absolutely right. See, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this podcast. I can have a conversation with a bunch of different people. It's not just, so this is Alex. This is the podcast. I'm trying different ways, having a different conversation <laughs> and every way works so far. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're, you're going to meet different people that have different perspectives and it's respecting that perspective and other people's opinions. That's, that's another thing too, is, is people have, a different viewpoint than you and to respect that and to give it a shot is also worth your time as well and and being respectful of, of them and their opinions as well is just you know another another part of it too i think there's always two sides of a story everything has beauty it just learn to just be an open book when it comes to creative things like podcasts yes. or painting miniatures <laughs> yes be a sponge yes but uh, would uh, would that be a good thing for paint? Would you want to be a sponge for paint? I don't. <laughs> unless unless your sponge is in a wet palette, then you want that sponge okay, in there. Good, that's good. That's what's going to save your paint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you kind of touched this already, but do you? Let's say if you had to give one big piece of solid advi solid advice, what would it be? Just try it. When it comes down to it, just pick up a brush, just pick up whatever paint you can find, whatever miniature, it doesn't even have to be a real miniature, it can be green army men, for goodness sake, it doesn't have to be expensive. All you have to do is try, see if you like it, see if you'll love it, and, and just give yourself the opportunity to try and practice. That's true. You got nothing to lose, everything to gain. Absolutely. Exactly. You, you really have nothing to lose. It is just plastic. It is just paint. And you might discover something about yourself. And isn't that what we all are trying to do anyways? So why not try it? Oh, man, I want to get back into it now. Let's see what you've done. Yes. Look what you've done. <laughs> I will. I will take full credit for reinstating your painting practices. Just staple that on my forehead. This is because of Courtney. <laughs> this is done. Yes, perfect. I love it. Now, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects, or anything at all that you would love to share so people can come support you and see your work or just be there? Yeah. So, like I said, my my biggest platform is Instagram right now under Figuratively Speaking Minis. Um, I am also on Facebook at Figuratively Speaking Minis. I have a website uh, with the same name. I also, I teach classes locally here in my hometown. So if you want to shoot me a message about that, please do. But yeah, that's, that's basically, those are my basic platforms. Those are what I update the most. And yeah, Instagram is where you can find me daily. And that's where I found her. So perfect. I'll put that in the description below so people can go check it out, show some love, support, follow, like, tweet, I, everything that social media does these days, do it. Yay. And for the last question, do you have any questions for me about painting miniatures? Which one are you going to paint next? Because now that you've got you like you got to paint, so you got to you got to pick up a paintbrush. Well, the good thing is that uh, I play D and D with my friends, and my yeah. best friend is actually the dungeon master, and he's also he's actually starting to paint a lot of miniatures. So uh, once he moves into his new place, which is going to be closer to my place, I might just like see how he does it and try out one time, and because. He just picked it out of out of the blue and I like, oh, cool. And since I've done it in the past, I'm like, you know what? 
I do enjoy painting. I'm not the best. Like you said, it doesn't, you don't need to be the best. You just have to have like the drive to do it. And yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be my best chance to paint a miniature. Good, because you know what? Just bring a case of beer over. Go pick up some Go pick up some cheap paint from Michael's. Just go on over with your case of beer, your cheap paint. You sit down and paint one mini. I challenge you. I challenge you, and then you post it, and then I'll post it on Instagram. Oh, man. Just make sure not to mistake the beer for paint and vice versa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't dip your paintbrush in the beer. No, 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 no. And don't drink the paint. <laughs> don't drink the paint water. Don't do that either. Oh. I have done that. Oh, it's no. not good. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> but on purpose or by accident? By accident, okay, because good. I usually have like a mug of coffee or something or like a glass of water. And then I always accidentally dip my paintbrush <laughs> in one of those beverages eventually. And it just happened to be around the same shape, right? <laughs> it, it really is. It's not good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Courtney, for coming on and just nerding out with me. I loved it. It just, oh, it just, it's a good feeling. It, just, it is. It's so much fun. <laughs> So yeah, if you guys would love to learn more about Courtney, go check her out on Instagram and all the other links I'll put below so you guys can show some support. And if you'd like to be on this podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like this podcast and want to show some support, you know, leave a review. It could be good or bad. I accept anything because the world is full of good and bad reviews and anything helps. And of course, I'm selling uh, some merchandise on Redbubble. The link will be below. It's about... You know, my Time for Your Hobby logo, which most people won't need. But if you want it, hey, it's there. You can have it on T-shirts, <laughs> coffee mugs, uh, a canvas, a clock. I think the clock might be the most appropriate thing for Time for Your Hobby. But you know what? Yeah, those are things you can get. And so thank you once again, Courtney. Thank you. I thank you so much for having me on here and a chance to just kind of shout out about what I love to do. You're the reason why I do these kind of things. People like you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Bye.